Welcome to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Now get ready for another episode of Strange Things with Joshua P. Warren. The thoughts and opinions expressed by the host are thoughts and opinions only and do not necessarily reflect those of iHeartMedia, iHeartRadio, Coast to Coast AM, employees of Premier Networks or their sponsors and associates. You are encouraged to do the proper amount of research yourself, depending on the subject matter and your needs. Joshua B. Warren, and each week on this show, I'll be bringing you brand new, mind-blowing content, news, exercises, and weird experiments you can do at home, and a lot more on this edition of the show, Amazing Happy Endings. Plus, what does it really mean to raise your vibration? You know, you hear people say that all the time. Become more spiritual. Do this. It's good for you. It'll raise your vibration. What does that actually mean? Well, it's a it's a good, legitimate question, and we're going to dig into that and probably some other weird things, uh, <laughs> just depending on how much time I have. You know, sometimes I just start talking and just I just see where it goes. But let's jump into Amazing Happy Endings because I mentioned this recently on one of my podcasts. This is a new book project for me. I am putting together an anthology. I want your stories. I'm talking to you. Yes, you listening to me. I want your story to be a part of this collection. It's called Amazing Happy Endings, True Stories to Make You Smile, and There are only four rules if you have a story that you want to submit to be in this book. Rule number one is your story must be true. Rule number two, your story must be short. Ideally, no more than a few paragraphs. Number three, your story must be amazing. And number four, your story must have a happy ending. And since I announced this, oh, let me tell you what, the stories have just come pouring in and I'm so excited. I'm so happy because if you submit a story and of course I I have a a team of people, some editors and various people in in addition to myself who are going to read over everything and we're going to figure out which ones need to be kind of edited, whipped into shape and then put into the book. If we pick one of your stories, well, then you get a free copy of the book. And I'm thinking about maybe throwing in some other cool, free little surprises for you as well. You know me. I like to do that kind of thing. But uh, a portion of all sales when the book comes out will go to various charities. And it's all about helping you feel good. Helping all of us feel good. We need that nowadays, don't we? Uh, if you want to submit a story, go to AmazingHappyEndings.com. AmazingHappyEndings.com. But let me read to you some of the stories that have come in so far to give you an idea of what this book is going to be like. All right. And then this, I again, I just picked two or three, a handful out of the giant stack. So here is one from a doctor, a doctor named Mitchell Max Dolnig, and uh, he uh, he is an Texas. And he's talking about the incident that happened to him in 1992. He says, after seeing a run of emergency room patients, I had gone back to the call room and was in a deep, deep sleep. Suddenly, I literally jumped out of bed, yelling at myself to run, damn it, run, man, move it. It was my own self telling me to run like I never had before. As I slipped my bare feet into my shoes, I asked, run where? My own voice answered, just start running, move it. 
I almost started running barefoot, but I did not know where I was going. Almost being pulled at every corner, I ran through corridors and hallways and came out in the ER. The receptionist exclaimed, Dr. Dolnig, there are no patients. Why are you here? She likely saw my messed up hair and my disheveled appearance. As I took three steps forward, I said aloud with determinism, I don't know. And I kicked a metal door open, which revealed the body of a man lying on the ground. I called Code Blue and we rushed the lifeless body into trauma. He was flatline, essentially dead. But after a round of cardiac drugs, intubation and defibrillation, he completely awoke seemingly unscathed. He had been experiencing chest pain and decided to drive himself to the hospital, but collapsed trying to make it in there and it was unnoticed. One or two minutes later, his chances of recovery would have been dismal. I had never kicked doors open in the hospital or acted like that before or since, and I don't know how that had occurred to this day. The gentleman had a complete recovery. Now, you see, folks, true, short, amazing Happy ending. This is, you know how nice it is to get stories like this flooding in from real people all over the world? Ah, I love it. I love it. Thank you for that, Dr. Mitchell Max Dolnick. Uh, I'm going to read you some more of these. And, uh, of course, you know, I'll pause when, when breaks come up, but, oh, here, here's it. <laughs> this one really made me smile. Okay. This comes from Molly Ann Kasdan and she is an intuitive medium. And she lives in Georgia now, but this incident happened to her when she was living in California back in 1995. I'll tell you something about Molly Kasdan. She, when my, my birthday, it was October 25th. And of course, she's a big fan of the show. And she gave me a wonderful gift. She recorded a private reading and sent it to me. And of course, on my birthday, one of the things I wanted to do was get away from media and just turn off my cell phone because I'm always bombarded. But I saw that she sent me that. And I go, well, I better watch this. And I watched this video and she said some very strange things that didn't make sense to her or me at the time. Exactly. But I remembered them. And before over the next 24 hours, it all made sense. And basically, in a nutshell, I went to spend my birthday in a big fancy resort and casino and she was picking up on something that was directing me toward a certain machine where I hit a jackpot and made a lot of money. <laughs> so <laughs> that gives you a little insight into Molly Ann Kasdan. I'm sure she will be on this program at some point in the future, but listen to her story. She said the line wound around the huge industrial building at least twice as I lumbered towards the incredibly fit, fresh, and youthful 500 or so competitors, I stuck out as a fat, sore thumb. Although I was only about 25, I seemed ancient in comparison to the late teens and early 20 hopefuls, all vying to be part of this elite cast. Okay, so she's auditioning here. She says, as we stood around wearing labels with numbers on them, mine was 525, I observed these willowy youngsters stretching, practicing dance moves and sipping their bottle, bottles of designer water while I sweated in my frumpy jacket and slacks. I figured I'd be mucking around in a Minnie Mouse costume. Oh, I should also... <laughs> I should mention, okay, this is at Anaheim, California. She's at Disneyland. So, like, if we edit this, and I'm sure we will, we'll, we'll point out, like, this is happening at Disneyland. <laughs> Otherwise, you're like, why is she going to be in a Minnie Mouse? Anyway, she goes, I figured she's auditioning at Disneyland. She says, I figured I'd be mucking around in a Minnie Mouse costume. But as I waited in line and overheard the experienced conversations, I realized this was a bigger deal. 
We went before a panel of judges and groups of 20 while they looked at each of us and said, either you stay or you go. And I had no clue what specifically they were looking for, but I knew I was definitely not going to be able to compete with these lithe and lovely ladies. I weighed over 300 pounds at five feet tall, frumpy, sweaty, and obviously uncomfortable. And when I stepped forward, the panel whispered to each other amongst giggles. It's not a good sign, is it? But then one of them said, you stay. I wasn't sure if I was happy or being tricked at that point. Over the next few days, they triaged the candidates, dismissing actors at each stage of the auditions. By the third day, there were about 100 candidates left. And yes, I was one of them. Prepared with snacks and dressed more appropriately for movement, I felt positive about the upcoming portion displaying our dancing abilities. I had little formal training, but I was always rhythmic and able to boogie. My confidence disintegrated as they outlined a dance routine with difficult ballet moves and waltzing. I was awkward and bumping into others, becoming the laughing stock of the auditions. Okay, we're going to take a break. This does not sound like it's going to have a happy ending, does it? She thinks she's becoming the laughing stock of the auditions. But there is a happy ending. And I'll tell you that ending when we come back from this break. I also want to emphasize something to you. I do all kinds of interesting projects and I give away all kinds of cool free stuff that I don't talk about on this podcast. The only way you get to know about it is if you go to joshuapwarren.com. There is no period after the P when you type in joshuapwarren.com. Right there on the homepage, you'll see a little bank where you can type in your email address and hit submit. When you do that, you become a subscriber to my free e-newsletter and I will keep you informed about these things that are only for free e-newsletter subscribers. I write each one of these with my own fingers. And by the way, as soon as you hit that submit button, you will get an automated email from me with some instant online gifts to help start making your life more magical so you get to see many more amazing, happy endings. JoshuaPWarren.com and also follow me on Twitter at JoshuaPWarren. You're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And I will be right back. Hey folks, we need your music. Hey, it's producer Tom at Coast to Coast AM and every first Sunday of the month, we play music from emerging artists just like you. If you're a musician or a singer and have recorded music you'd like to submit, it's very easy. Just go to coasttocoastam.com, click the Emerging Artist banner in the carousel, follow the instructions, and we just might play your music on the air. Go now to coasttocoastam.com to send us your recording. That's coasttocoastam.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger. Talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash strange things today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash strange things. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. 
At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I'm your host, Joshua P. Warren, the Wizard of Weird, beaming into your wormhole brain from my studio in Sin City, Las Vegas, Nevada, where every day is golden and every night is silver. And I love these amazing happy ending stories because often you get to see synchronicity play out. And it reminds you that there does seem to be some kind of grand design here that we are all experiencing little by little, bit by bit, glimpse by glimpse. And whether it's a bad thing that's going to happen or a good thing that's going to happen, it seems like there is a design and you just never know which way it's going to turn out. But... Maybe you can influence it and maybe you can, you can shape it in your favor a little bit. We'll talk more about that later. Uh, but yes, Strange Coincidences is one of my favorite books. It's a Ripley's Believe It or Not book that was published. Ooh, back in the day. Let's see. Looks like 1990. And on the front, they have an illustration of a pilgrim standing on a shore with a Native American in front of him. And it says, when the pilgrims landed in 1620, they were greeted by an Indian who spoke English. And, of course, we recently had Thanksgiving. And so I posted that on my social media. And uh, a lot of people had a lot of interesting thoughts about that. But, you know, it's like some people are like, well, duh, everybody knew that. And then other people are like, is this true? This <laughs> That's how it goes. But let's get back to some of these brand new fresh stories that nobody's ever heard submitted for my amazing happy endings book project. And I, again, I, I hope you'll contribute. I want your story. If you go to amazinghappyendings.com, let's get back to Molly's story. She's been auditioning here in 1995 at Disneyland 
and she's dancing and she said that uh, she's becoming the laughing stock of the auditions as far as she can tell. And then she goes on to say, the moment came for my group of 10 to perform the tune from Sleeping Beauty. And I could barely remember, much less execute the routine. The music began and I started out strong. However, as the music swelled to the more difficult parts, I became lost and clumsy. And at that point, I just said, screw this. And I began doing silly dance moves, disco, jitterbug, the Charleston, the bump, the hitchhiker, etc. I smiled brightly as I died a small death inside, telling myself to just have fun. Who cares about the outcome? As the music ended, drenched, humiliated, and horrified at my compulsive behavior, I scurried back to the side and sat down on the floor, bursting into tears from embarrassment. Then I heard a clap. Then applause. Actors gathered around me, telling me how fabulous, cute, and funny I was in the middle of a sincere group hug. The panel deliberated and then asked me up to the table first. Molly? Someone said, that was the best audition we have ever seen. Your energy, humor, and decision to let it all out is why we are going to cast you as the fairy godmother here at Disneyland. Congratulations. I got to be the first fairy godmother in Disney history to mingle among the guests in the park. I not only got to work in the happiest place on earth, I got to have the happiest face on earth. To this day, anytime I am feeling unsure of myself, I remember being me is always the right answer. Bibbity bobbity boo. <laughs> Did you see that one coming? That's great, isn't it? Thank you, Molly. You know, it's uh, it's so fun to read these stories. All right, how about this one? This comes from James Colonna. I tell you what, he's another fan of the show, and he also, he's been listening for a long time, and he lives in uh, Pennsylvania, and he is a conductor and composer, and he has had tremendous success using the wishing machines. If you don't know about the wishing machines, just go to the curiosity shop on my website and, and you'll see what I'm talking about. He's had tremendous success. So I was really eager to see what his story was going to be. And here it is. He says, uh, in 1992, I was in college pursuing my music degree. I had just completed my enlistment in the U.S. Army and was now struggling to pay my college tuition on the GI Bill and student loans. My parents went car shopping, and while at the dealer shop, they played a promotional game to put for gold. Okay. My father, oh, to putt. I'm sorry. I said not put. I'm reading this stuff fresh, you know, to putt. So, you know, like uh, you're putting like at mini golf. Okay. So to putt for gold, P-U-T-T, -T, I guess. It's, so he says, my father sank the putt five times each time, earning an entry to win a new car. So you get the gist, you have success with the putting, you get a chance of winning a car. So he said, one afternoon I received a call that my name was drawn to win the car at a promotional event. And my mother and I talked about what we would do if I won the car. Well, we had two options, keep the, uh, keep the car or trade it back in for cash value to help pay for my tuition and that of my siblings. The night arrived. And I, along with my mother, attended the dinner at the fancy country club. And before we sat down, I was standing on the balcony watching the sunset. To my surprise, I saw two very large angels on both sides of the sun. I put my intention into the sunset, and a woman's voice sweetly spoke to me. The voice said, quote, Choose the key with teeth on both sides, end quote. We sat down for dinner, and I was introduced to the other two contestants. One was an elderly couple, 
and the other a couple in their 30s. Well, the moment arrived, and the three contestants were called outside next to the car. It was a Dodge Intrepid. And this pretty woman walked out with a tray that had three keys. The announcer began, quote, All our contestants need to do is put the key in the ignition, and if it starts the car, they win, end quote. Well, the woman with the tray walked to the elderly couple, and they chose a key with no teeth. Then she walked to the next couple, and they chose a key with teeth only halfway up one side of the shaft. And as they chose their keys, I stared down at the key with teeth on both sides. This is the key that remained, and I reached down for that final key, and that's when the female voice in my head said softly, You already won. In the same order as we chose keys, we went to the car to try to start the engine. The elderly couple, nothing. Mid-30s couple, nothing. Then I sat down and started the car up. Yes, I won the car. We sold the car back to the dealer a week later and took the cash value to pay for my and my siblings' college tuition. I think I won because I never thought of myself, but what the money could do for all of us. The universe is a friendly place that wants me to be happy and successful. How do you like that one, folks? Thank you, Jim Kalana, Pennsylvania. Okay, let me see if I can squeeze one more in before this next break. This one's, oh, this is, see, now, some of these get really paranormal. Like, that one had angels in it. This is, this is a par- more par- paranormal one. This comes from Daniel. I guess his last name is pronounced... Molyneux, uh, and he lives in Florida. He's a financial advisor, and this is something that happened to him in Washington, D.C. in 1996. He says, in the fall of 96, my wife and I were living in a beautiful turn-of-the-century log cabin in the suburbs of Washington, D.C. One night, she was out of town, so it was the dog and myself to fend for ourselves. At bedtime, I let the pup out to take care of his final business for the day. The house was surrounded by acres of woods, and the pooch decided he was going to stay outside for the night. After calling for some time, I reluctantly went to bed. At around 2 a.m., I was awoken by a strange sound. From my bed, I could see the old wooden front door of the cabin slowly creak open exactly like in the old horror movies. (laughs) They would portray it so well. And standing in the figure, excuse me, standing in the doorway was a female figure in a flowing white dress with head hung low. Time froze. I could not move a muscle or speak a word, and after an intense effort, I managed to croak out my wife's name, and this got the world moving again. In a split second, the figure flew from the door and into my room, and there was a huge pounce on my bed. And there was the dog on my bed. A ghost had brought my pet home and opened the door for him, he was as happy as could be. I was deeply shaken. We moved out of that house a few months later, but the event will forever be etched into my mind and has led me on a life of paranormal research and discovery. True story. Thank you, Daniel. Maybe when we come back, I'll read one more of these And then I'm going to get into, what does it mean? Why is this important? Raising your vibration. I'm Joshua P. Warren. You're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I'll be back right after this. We are happy to announce that our Coast to Coast AM official YouTube channel has now reached over 300,000 subscribers. You can listen to the first hour of recent and past shows for free. 
So head on over to the coasttocoastam.com website and hit the YouTube icon at the top of the page. This is free show audio, so don't wait. coasttocoastam.com is where you want to be. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. In the recent history of documentary filmmaking, one scene stands out above all. The hot mic bathroom confession of Robert Durst in The Jinx. Now the person responsible for that moment, Sereb Kaufman, stepson of the victim, friend of the murderer, star of the documentary, for the first time ever, shares why he believes you're watching the furthest thing from the truth on this exclusive episode of Murder Homes. Listen to Murder Homes on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I'm your host, Joshua P. Warren, and this is the show where the unusual becomes usual. And this is a reminder that when you are judging your life and the world, look outside your own door. And see the world as it really is. Don't be dominated by the fear-mongering that surrounds us. That is pure evil. Because fear is always the path to the dark side. Always. And I find it refreshing to read some of these stories coming in that have an amazing, happy ending. And they don't necessarily have to be paranormal, and yet it almost seems like that when something amazing happens in life, it just kind of seems like there is something paranormal going on. You know, you're 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 watching that design, that strange organization materialize before your eyes. So here is one more amazing happy ending story. 
And this comes from Pam Burt in Salem, Oregon. And she is retired, and this happened in 2018. She writes, I was out in the yard doing a little light yard work on a fall day. The house I lived in at that time had a large deck under several fir trees. So I was sweeping fir needles off the deck and taking them around the end of the house to a bin. I came back from dumping a load of needles to the back of my house and I saw my mother, who had died about eight years before, sitting on my back deck at the patio table and smiling at me. Okay, did you get that? She sees the spirit of her mother, who died eight years ago. She goes on to write, I was stunned, but in control enough to stop and check myself. Was I overworked? <laughs> No, I just started. Overheated? No, it was a beautiful fall day. But mom just sat there, smiling at me, almost laughing, really. I said, Mom, and started to move toward her as fast as I could. But she just slowly faded away before I could reach her. The one thing that made me realize I really saw what I saw was that she was holding a drink of something, a glass in her hand. Now, when I moved into that house a few months before, I had thrown out all my mismatched drinking glasses and bought all new matching blue glasses. And my mom's drink was not in one of those glasses. She brought her own. <laughs> so, you see, amazing happy endings... It covers a wide range, and I'm, I'll read some more of these from time to time as the project proceeds, but I hope you'll submit a story. And if you have a story that's true, that's short, no more than a few paragraphs, that's amazing, that has a happy ending, go to AmazingHappyEndings.com to submit your story right now. I'm collecting stories right now, and I understand this is a podcast, and by the time you hear it, it might be too late, but... I'm recording this right now. It's it's early December of 2021. I hope that you're able to uh, to go ahead and and participate. And also, uh, we of all the stories we've gotten, one guy said that he went to the website and he typed his story in, and then something went wrong on his computer or the website or whatever, and 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 he lost it. So I recommend when you write your your story, you know, write it. Somewhere where you can save it, write it in a, whatever your word processor is or write it in an email and send it to yourself or something like that. So that if you are going to submit it, if something goes wrong and you don't just lose your work, but uh, amazinghappyendings.com or uh, go to joshuapwarren.com. And currently you will find a link at the top of the homepage that will take you there and you'll see all the instructions. I cannot wait till this is done. And this book comes out next year and, uh, it's just going to be, it's going to be wonderful. We all need this. And again, all of you who get your story selected, you're going to get uh, a free book and probably some other cool stuff from me. I think it's important for us to, to focus on these types of stories because it helps us raise our vibration. And I got an email from someone a few months ago, I've been meaning to bring this up and I forget who it was, but the person said, you know, I really want to be a more spiritual person. And I, I read books and I listen to these shows and everybody's talking about raising your vibration, but I don't understand what that means. What exactly does that mean to raise your vibration? And, and that's a very good, legitimate question. So I thought about it and here is what I came up with as the best way to answer this. I think of it in terms of light. So light is an electromagnetic radiation that's vibrating, that's pulsing. When you have no light, you have the absence of light, you have darkness. When you look out into outer space and it's dark, you're looking at what William Shatner described as death. Okay. That's cold, lifeless darkness out there. That's death. 
the absence of light, no vibration. And it's interesting when you look at this from a biblical perspective, of course, the Bible starts out with, in the book of Genesis, it says, and in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light and it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. Now, whether or not you believe in the Bible, just about every religion and tradition has some version of this concept that light is the predecessor to life. The absence of vibration is, uh, it's just silence. It's stillness. Light is a, a pulsation and a low vibration light appears to our eyes as the color red. And then if you increase the vibration or the pulsation a little bit, it goes up to orange and then you increase it a little more and it goes to yellow and you increase it a little more and it goes to, uh, green. And then you increase it more and it goes to blue and then indigo and to violet. And in fact, I have had some of these, uh, you know, I, I've done experiments with Parasymatics 2.0 where I'm able to take a beam of light, whether it's a laser or whatever, and shine it at a sensor. And that sensor will uh, translate that color of light into a sound. So if you move it from red and it sounds like... And then you go to orange, goes, and then you go to yellow, and then you keep, if you, if you go through red, orange, yellow, green, blue, it goes, and you hear that rise, okay, that rise in vibration. And thinking negative thoughts condense and lower your spiritual vibration closer to that state of darkness, that state of death. And thinking about positive thoughts expands and increases your spiritual vibration into the realm of life. So negativity is a low vibration and positivity is a high vibration. You could also think of it this way, if it's helpful. Um, the higher your vibration the more you are removed from the dense physical world and the more removed you are, the less you are bogged down by the animalistic fears and the dense stresses that come from being a spirit in the material world. As Sting would probably say. So instead of being a spirit that's closely trapped and bogged down closer to that lower vibration, closer to that state of darkness and death, you're trying to rise above it. And you can even look at this very practically when it comes to brainwave activity that, uh, you know, you've heard me talk about this before that, you know, y- your brain can go through four basic states of delta, theta, alpha, or beta. And those states are determined by the frequency, by the vibration at which the electricity is pulsing through your brain. And at each type of frequency, you feel a, you feel a different way. Uh, if you want to learn more about that, go to the curiosity shop at joshuapwarren.com and read the section about the Tibetan emos, the Tibetan emos. And I am very enthusiastic about this because, believe it or not, I am naturally an extremely pessimistic, negative person. That's how I was born. I And I learned these things about how to raise your vibration because I wanted to overcome it. And that does not come naturally to me. And that is why I share with all of you the things that I've learned. If it can help me, then I'm hoping it can help you. It's a choice. It's a hard one choice to overcome a natural negative state. And you have to struggle every day to stay optimistic, especially when you're bombarded constantly by negative news in the media. I mean, why do we ultimately feel negative? Well, duh, it's because we know how the story ends. We all get to die. And that's enough to make you say, well, what the heck are we doing all this for? Look, I don't know exactly. I have my theories. I think it's a big classroom. We're all being taught. And I think school sucks. But you've heard my theories. But I try to overcome my logical mind that says we're all going to die. So what's the point? And I try to redirect my thoughts on enjoying the time I have while I'm here. It's a choice, a mental training exercise. 
But if you can do it, if you can do it, you'll be able to take a deep breath and enjoy that ride before it ends. Can you relax and enjoy the ride? We're going to take a break. When we come back, a few more thoughts on this and then some weird holiday stuff. I'm Joshua P. Warren. You're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I'll be back after these important messages. Hey, folks, it's easier than ever to become a Coast to Coast AM insider and have access to past shows, the Art Bell Vault with classic audio and interviews, and so much more. And you can listen to the show live or on demand with your computer or cell phone, and the audio streams are high quality and crystal clear. It's easy to become an insider. Just head on over to coasttocoastam.com, the website, and you'll find all the info right there. That's coasttocoastam.com, coasttocoastam.com. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.
Welcome back to the final segment of this edition of Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I am your host, Joshua P. Warren, and I am recording this December of 2021, and I, I've been telling you about just how weird Christmas traditions are, so I want to squeeze some of these in here before the end of the show. And one of the great things about being in my position is that I'm not sitting here talking to you as an historical authority. Uh, this is more like drunk history. I'm just sort of giving you some of what I've recollected and, and some of what I've looked up. Uh, I don't have to be 100% correct. I can just inspire you to do your own research. But so many of the modern day traditions that we have were really based upon the ancient Catholic Church moving throughout Europe and trying to convert pagans over to Christianity. And it's it's my understanding, and again, I don't have the info right in front of me, it's my understanding that uh, a lot of the uh, pagan cultures in Europe used to consider the evergreen tree sacred beca because it was one of the few things that remained full of life and vibrance all year long, even through the harsh, dead winter. And so you can see why that that would be a, a holy thing. And so to say they worshipped evergreen trees might be going a bit far, but they definitely held them in high regard. And so, for example, there was one of these uh, Catholic saints who basically said, look, um, uh, I guess he was a priest at the time. I don't remember. But anyway, but he basically said, like, look, when you see a bunch of people who are more or less worshiping a tree, you can cut that tree down and tell them, hey, you all are wrong. You're, you're going to go to Hades or whatever, but you're not going to win over any hearts and minds that way. You're better off to go up to that tree and consecrate it and say, this is a part of God's creation, our, you know, Jesus's creation, et cetera. And so, uh, then you just, they just sort of morph into your tradition. And that's why you see that crossover so often. And so, of course, we have this image of Santa Claus. And not only is he based in large part on the, the Catholic Saint Nicholas, but his, the idea of Saint Nicholas is also combined with these old European concepts of Father Christmas, um, a sort of an old man with long white hair who brings the snowy season with him. And also the Dutch version of, of St. Nicholas, they called him center Claus. And again, we're talking about just an old man with a long white beard to represent winter. And also, you know how Catholics, some of these priests, they wear these big pointy hats called miters. So the idea was that St. Nicholas would wear some kind of a, a miter, a big red miter. And that's why we end up with this guy with a long white beard and, and a big red pointy hat. And then, of course, he lives. Uh, well, this tradition says that he, you know, he, he was traveling around the, the northern parts, you know, it, up, up there in the old European northern mountains where it was very snowy and where they also believed it elves a lot, you know, especially in these Scandinavian countries. And so that mythology just kind of got morphed in because, yes, he's going to come and bring presents and he is a magical uh, spirit. And so he's got uh, these other magical spirits that work with him. And now the, the elves are involved. And then, well, well, OK, well, how does he get around? Uh, well, what else lives up there? Uh, reindeer. Uh, we got reindeer up in big northern snowy places. Uh, and, and, and so it all just kind of becomes sort of an ad hoc uh, combination of, of traditions that get sort of retold and retold. And you end up with this image of this magical man with the long white beard, Father Christmas, who's got the red pointy hat, and he's got elves helping him make the little treats for you, and he flies around with the reindeer, and he comes into your house, etc. But one thing that's kind of surprising is that I was reading about some of the uh, unusual traditions that we have around the Christmas season, and one of them, of course, has to do with kissing 
under the mistletoe. And, of course, mistletoe is the common name for, oh gosh, obligate hemiparasitic plants in the order of Santalis. I'm sure that meant a lot to you, didn't it? This is from Wikipedia. Anyway, here's what was surprising. I was reading about why people uh, kiss under mistletoe. And it's really kind of dirty. Uh, this is a family. We want this to be a family friendly show. So I'm not going to get too detailed here. But it basically says here the mistletoe is relevant to several cultures. Pagan cultures regarded the white berries as symbols of male fertility with the seeds resembling. This is where you can go and look up the rest on your own. All right. And apparently, you know, this goes there. We don't know exactly how far it goes back. But it says the Romans associated mistletoe with peace and understanding and hung it over doorways to protect the, the household. In the Christian era, mistletoe in the Western world became associated with Christmas as a decoration under which lovers are expected to kiss as well as with protection from witches and demons. Huh. Did you know that? It says mistletoe continued to be associated with fertility and vitality through the Middle Ages. And by the 18th century, it had also become incorporated into Christmas celebrations around the world. The custom of kissing under the mistletoe is referred to as popular among servants in the late 18th century England. So they say if, if you know, you're if you approach somebody under the mistletoe and you want to kiss them and they refuse to take the kiss, it's bad luck for everybody. Not a very PC tradition, huh? But yeah, you can, you can look more of that up on your own. But I, you know, again, I don't want to spend too much time on this stuff because yeah, right now it may be Christmas time when I'm recording this, but these podcasts are just going to be around forever and ever and ever. And so you never know when uh, a person's going to be listening, but we've talked about a lot. I've talked about a lot on this podcast regarding, I don't know, the idea that it's good to focus on positive things and it's good to raise your positive energy and holidays are supposed to help us do that. And it reminds me of this passage from my book, use the force, a Jedi's guide to the law of attraction. Page 75. Listen to this. Your entire body is so much in sync with the universe that it acts like a binary vessel contracting when things feel tense and relaxing when things feel good and peaceful. There is an entire field devoted to this study. Anyway, these kinds of reactions can even be observed in the most basic life forms. I once wrote a rhyming illustrated children's book called The Lonely Amoeba. It included colorful characters uh, characters like Larry the Hairy Paramecium and Gina Euglena. Anyway, but as I did research for this playful microscopic landscape, I realized something interesting about amoebas. They are just organic sacs without brains or nervous systems. And nonetheless, they are extremely reactive. They tense up and move away from water with an incompatible temperature or salinity. They relax, expand, and thrive, and even actively hunt prey. And though our bodies are much more complex than those of amoebas, the same principles apply to our automatic reactions. We also tense up or relax immediately when faced with a particular scenario. It is this innate subconscious awareness of our surroundings that most quickly taps into what is right or wrong. And that is why, throughout the Star Wars series, Jedis are asked to search their feelings more than their minds. Okay, I'm going to leave it at that. This is what I mean by vibration, raising your vibration. When you think about something, when you think about a person or a situation or an opportunity, anything, any idea, does it make you feel like you want to contract and pull back or expand? That's it at the most basic level. That 
is what you want. You want to go for things that make you feel like you're expanding. That is what raising your vibration is all about. And that is why we need a lot of positivity in our lives right now to combat the darkness. And so let me raise your vibration. I'm about to play for you the good fortune tone. Okay, you ready? This will bring you some good fortune. Take a deep breath. If you can, close your eyes. It's 20 seconds. Here is the good fortune tone. That's it for this edition of the show. Follow me on Twitter at Joshua P. Warren. Plus, visit JoshuaPWarren.com to sign up for my free e-newsletter to receive a free instant gift and check out the cool stuff in the curiosity shop all at JoshuaPWarren.com. I have a fun one lined up for you next time, I promise. So please tell all your friends to subscribe to this show and to always remember the golden rule. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your interest and support. Thank you for staying curious. And I will talk to you again soon. You've been listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Well, if you like this episode of Strange Things, wait till you hear the next one. Thank you for listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. <laughs>